Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Cove Accessible Tech. I'm your host, Yessi, and today we are going to talk about iOS 16. I'm not going to go over every feature in iOS 16, but if you're interested in reading about all of them, I will include a link to Apple's website in the show notes. There are several features that are coming in iOS 16 that haven't been released yet. I'm going to do my best not to really mention those. I may record a future episode to talk about those, but since I haven't tested those features, obviously I don't really have an opinion on them. One of the biggest changes in iOS 16 is the new customizable lock screen. At first glance, it seems like the lock screen is very similar to the lock screen of iOS 15 and earlier, but there is a lot to discover if you want to customize your lock screen. You can change the font and color of your date and time. They've added a new multi-layer photo effect, so the time is behind the subject of your photo if you have a photo lock screen. iOS can suggest photos that would be great for your lock screen. You can also set up photo shuffle, so every time you pick up your phone, you have a different photo on your lock screen. They've also added lock screen widgets, which is really awesome. You can choose different widgets based on the apps you already have installed. Even a lot of third-party apps are now supporting lock screen widgets. I do have a video about lock screen widgets on my TikTok page if you'd like to check that out. We are at CoveTech, K-O-V-E-T-E-C-H. I will try to remember to include this video in the show notes as well. You can also choose between different collections like Apple collections, astronomy, gradient colors, emoji, and weather conditions. I personally love the weather conditions lock screen because when I pick up my phone, I can see exactly what the weather is like outside. And then you can also add weather conditions to your widgets so you can get more information as well. Another lock screen I really enjoy is the one of the moon. I love the moon. I am a Cancer Sun, Cancer Rising, so I'm all about the moon and I love that lock screen as well. They've changed the design for now playing on the lock screen, so you can expand your album art to cover the screen now. This new design basically uses their live activities, which is not out as of the time of this recording, but live activities is going to be really cool because it will allow you to follow along with something that's happening in real time. For example, you can track an Uber or you can follow along with the scores to a sports game. So I'm really excited to see what happens with live activities once that is released. They've also changed how notifications appear on the lock screen. I have a love slash dislike relationship with this. It's definitely different. I do like that it allows you to see more of your lock screen. That's nice. But it can be a little bit confusing to find some notifications for me now. I like that they now have a count option, so you can just show the number of notifications instead of the actual notifications on your lock screen. This is what I have mine set to, so my phone is not displaying my notifications until I am ready to see them. Another thing I really enjoy is that you can link your focus to your lock screen. So I can automatically tell which focus is enabled 
based on what my lock screen is. I think this is great for accessibility. As soon as I pick up my phone, I know, okay, it's in the personal focus or, oh, it's in the sleep focus. I just know automatically. And that's really awesome to me. You can also just like hold down on your lock screen and then you can swipe through the different options if you want to change your lock screen all the time, like throughout the day. And you don't have to link them all to focuses if you don't want to. I just use focus all the time based on what types of notifications I want to receive. So that has been a very useful feature for me. They've also made some other changes to focus, like focus filters. The cool thing about focus filters is this basically allows you to only see content in apps that is allowed in that particular focus. So for example, if I have some people set to allowed in my focus, I receive notifications from them. When I go into messages, I will be able to see their conversations, but not other conversations that do not apply to this focus. This is great to help you maintain balance. If you have like a work focus and then you have a personal focus, you won't see your work information when you are in your personal focus. And this works in messages and mail and calendars. And I think third-party apps can also support it. They've made the setup process for setting up a focus a lot easier. So you can have an allowed and silenced list, and this makes it easier for you to know exactly who is allowed to send you notifications and who is not, and the same goes for apps as well. During the focus setup, iOS can also suggest different home screens and lock screens to go with a focus. I prefer to choose my own home screens and lock screens, so I didn't use this. I deleted the suggested home screens, honestly, but I think that's really cool that iOS is basically trying to make setting up a focus a lot easier. They've also made some changes to messages. You can now edit a message for up to 15 minutes. The recipients in the conversation will be able to see the edits, just so you know. You can also unsend a message for up to two minutes. And as long as everyone who is in the conversation has all of their software up to date, they will not see the message that was unsent. They will just see a message that tells them that you unsent a message. So this is great if you send a message to the wrong place, like the wrong person or the wrong group, or if you say something you regret saying, but you have to be pretty quick because you only have two minutes to unsend it. I do have a video on TikTok about how to edit and unsend iMessages if you'd like to check that out. You can mark conversations as unread if you read something and you want to remember to go back and respond. You can now recover deleted messages for up to 30 days. I'm not really a fan of this. I prefer to delete my messages and just know that they're gone. But I do know a lot of people were accidentally deleting messages and then getting upset when Apple could not help them recover it. So I get why this feature is now a thing, but I'm not personally a fan. They've added SharePlay to messages, so you don't have to be on a FaceTime call to use SharePlay. 
I think this is really awesome. I haven't tried SharePlay recently. When I did, I had a lot of issues with it. So maybe I'll have to try that again, just using messages. I think this is really great because you can just chat with whoever you're watching a show with or playing a game with or whatever you're doing via SharePlay in messages. And you don't have to be on a FaceTime call. They've added collaboration invitations and updates to messages. So when you send an invitation to a group, everyone in that group will be added to the document to be able to collaborate. And this works in Apple's apps like Notes and Keynote and Numbers and Pages. And then every time an update is made, there will be a notification at the top of the thread that an edit was made so everyone can see that. They've made some changes to audio messaging. Now, I am not a fan of this at all. They have moved the audio message button into the app drawer in messages. So you have to tap the apps button and then you can find the audio message option and then that's how you can record audio messages. It used to be that the audio message option was right next to the text field and this made it very easy to quickly send audio messages. So I'm not a fan of this. They have replaced that button with a dictate button and this makes no sense to me because there is already a dictate button on the keyboard. So I don't understand why we need to hide audio messages to have two dictate buttons. This frustrates me, honestly. With that said, they have made some positive changes. So now once you choose audio message as an option, it has a big record button, which is really nice. I like that better than such a small touch target. And you can either hold the button down while you're recording and then release to automatically send it, or you can tap that button or double tap with voiceover on and it'll just record and then you can tap or double tap to stop recording and then you can play your message back if you want and then you can send it. So I think this is really nice, but I still don't think this option should be hidden because a lot of people are going to be very confused. So I do have a video about how to use audio messaging in iOS 16 on TikTok if you think this might help you. They've also added rewinding and fast forwarding through messages. I've always been able to do this by tapping and holding on a message and then bringing up the actual audio player, but now it's a little easier, at least if you're not using voiceover. I don't know of a way to do this rewind and fast forward through messages using voiceover unless you are able to get it into the other audio player like I just mentioned. So yeah, the changes to audio messaging in iOS 16 are mixed, somewhat positive, somewhat negative. What do you think about audio messaging in iOS 16? I'd love to know. They've also made some improvements to mail. They've improved search. You can now get missing recipient and attachment notifications. You can undo send. Basically, this just waits to send the message for 10 seconds or so, so that you have time to unsend it. It's a little different than the iMessage version of the same thing, but it still accomplishes the same goal. So that's good. You can now schedule send. You can now select a date and time to be reminded about an email you opened and didn't respond to. They have brand identification for messages now, so you can identify authentic email messages from brands. 
They've added some things to Safari. They've made some improvements to tab groups, including shared tab groups, tab group start pages, and pinned tabs in tab groups. They've added extension syncing, so you can have the same extensions on all your devices. They've added website settings sync, so all your settings will sync across devices. They've added web page image translation using live text. You can now edit the strong passwords Safari suggests to you. I think this is great. They've introduced passkeys. This isn't just an Apple thing. This is a collaboration effort. So you will be able to use the same technology with other devices. Passkeys replace passwords with an easier and safer sign-in method. They never leave your device and they are specific to each site you create them for, so they are almost impossible to fish. They're safe from website leaks because they never leave your device. You can sign in on other devices, including non-Apple devices. Passkeys are end-to-end -end encrypted and sync across your Apple devices using iCloud Keychain. I haven't gotten to try passkeys yet, but I think that's really awesome and something that I think we will see more and more widespread adoption as time goes on. They've made some great improvements to live text. We now have live text in videos. So basically the way this works is you pause the video and then any text in the frame will be accessible to you using live text. They've added quick actions to live text so you can easily track a flight or a package you can translate languages, convert currency, and more. They've improved Siri functionality. They've added easy shortcut setup, so Siri can automatically run shortcuts without any setup. You can automatically send messages without needing to confirm. You can set this up in settings. You can send emojis using Siri. You can ask Siri, what can I do here? You can also inquire about specific apps. Siri can hang up your calls hands-free now. You can set this up in settings. People on the call will be able to hear you though. Siri can now process more types of requests offline, including home control, home kit, intercom, and voicemail. They've improved dictation. This is why they moved the audio message button because we apparently need two dictation buttons now. So we have an all new dictation experience. This allows you to type and dictate at the same time. It makes it easier to stop and start dictating because there is now a microphone in the text field. So you can pause dictation. Auto punctuation, so it tries to figure out where punctuation should go when you're dictating, so you shouldn't have to speak punctuation. I've found this particular feature to be kind of hit and miss. It doesn't always work the way you would think it would. It doesn't put punctuation where it needs to be all the time, but it's better than nothing. So if you are just dictating and not saying any punctuation, it will put some punctuation in there for you. You can now dictate emojis. I have a video about this as well on TikTok. It does take some trial and error with certain emojis because sometimes voiceover says an emoji one way and then how you actually have to dictate it is another way. An example of this is the face with heart-shaped eyes emoji. That's what voiceover says, but when you dictate, you have to say heart eyes emoji. But in a lot of cases, you can just dictate the same way voiceover says emojis and it should work. I think this feature is really awesome. It makes me very, very happy.
They've added some features to maps. I haven't tested these, but I think they're worth mentioning. They've added multi-stop routing, transit cards and maps, transit fares. They've added some features to Apple Pay and Wallet. You may have heard of Apple Pay later. That's not something I'm going to talk about because it's not out yet. And from what I understand, they are having some difficulty getting that working. But that's basically a feature that will allow you to split up a payment into multiple payments. You can securely share your keys in Apple Wallet via your favorite messaging apps with people you trust. Share your ID in apps that require identity and age verification. They've added a daily cash hub. I haven't seen this, but apparently it's there to help you figure out ways you can use daily cash and how to get more daily cash if you have an Apple card. Apple cash payment requests. This is cool. Multi-stay hotel keys. You no longer need to add a new hotel key to wallet for each hotel stay as long as it's within the same brand. Add keys from Safari, easy device migration for keys, Apple Pay order tracking. I haven't seen this. I think it is supposed to be available now though. You can set up recurring Apple Pay payments with Apple Pay merchant tokens. They've made some changes to home. All new home app. I don't like the new home app. I've never really been a fan of the Apple home app and now I'm really not a fan. Everything being on the same screen makes it very difficult to find what I'm looking for quickly. And they've also made certain tiles work differently, which is frustrating. So I used to be able to tap and hold on the security system to access the screen where I can set it to off or home or away. Now I can't do that for whatever reason. I actually have to tap and hold and then click accessory details and then I'm able to actually change the mode. So that's annoying and I'm not a fan. Categories for lights, climate, speakers and TVs, security, and water let you quickly access all relevant accessories organized by room, along with more detailed status information. Okay, I am a fan of the new camera view. Up to four cameras can be shown on the main screen of the home app, right front and center whenever you open the home app, and I think this is useful and I definitely do appreciate the quicker access to cameras. Accessory tiles are redesigned so different types of accessories are more visually recognizable. We now have home widgets on the lock screen. I think this is really great too because I'm able to quickly see the status of different accessories in my home on my lock screen. They've made some changes and updates to health. You can now track medications in the health app. You can add medications using the iPhone camera. You can get medication reminders so you never forget when to take your medication. You can log your medication so you know you took your medication. You can learn more about your medications. You can receive critical medication interaction alerts. You can review critical, serious, and moderate interactions in the health app. Invitations for health sharing. You can invite a loved one to share their health data with you and they can choose which data to share. Cycle deviation notifications. Fitness. They've also made the fitness app available to all iPhone users, even if you do not have an Apple Watch. I think this is a great start for people who want to get started on their fitness journey, but maybe aren't able to get an Apple Watch at that time. I think that the Apple Watch definitely makes it a lot better 
this level of tracking just from your phone is not going to be nearly as accurate, but it's better than nothing. And I think it will allow people to get started and then they probably will want to buy an Apple Watch. So I think this was definitely a smart move on Apple's part. They've made some improvements to family sharing. They've improved the child account setup. They've added device setup for kids. So when you're setting up a new device, you can choose whether that device is for yourself or a child. This makes things a lot easier. They've added screen time requests to messages, so you can receive those through messages. This is great. They've added family checklist, which gives you helpful tips and suggestions, like updating a child's settings as they get older, turning on location sharing, and also reminding you that you can share your iCloud Plus subscription. Privacy changes. Safety check helps people who are in domestic or intimate partner violence situations. This allows you to quickly reset the access you've granted to others. Apps now need your permission before accessing the pasteboard to paste content from another app. In photos, your recently deleted and hidden albums are now locked. I know a lot of people are definitely happy about this one. <laughs> I even am happy about this one. Security changes. They've added rapid security response. This allows you to get security updates to your devices even faster by allowing them to update automatically between iOS updates. They've added landscape face ID. This is great. This should make Face ID even easier to use. Lockdown mode offers extreme protection. This is not for everyone. This is for users who are facing grave targeted threats. Accessibility changes. Apple Watch mirroring. I've tried this. This is really awesome. And I think they can continue to make it even better because I did have some issues with it. It kept wanting to launch the now playing screen on my watch for some reason. <laughs> but I enjoyed being able to see my watch screen on my phone screen. It made it much larger and easier to see. I think this could be very convenient if you're not able to touch the watch itself. It's also useful for individuals who need to use certain assistive technology, such as voice control and switch control. This allows them to access their Apple Watch using those technologies on their phone. So it's really cool. I enjoy it. I'm glad they added this. They've added door detection to magnifier. This is actually in a new detection mode screen where they've added people detection, image descriptions, and door detection. But door detection is the new one this year. It allows you to locate nearby doors. It reads signage around them, tells you how to open the door. I have tested this and it works pretty good. I have had some issues with it. I would love to be able to test it at shops, like actually walking and going to actual places and see how it works. I haven't had the opportunity to do that, so I've only tested it around my home. I do love what they've done with this, and I hope it just continues to get better and better. They've added voice control call hangup. They've added live captions in beta. I have not tested live captions. I have meant to and just haven't done it, but I think this is a really great feature from what I've heard. It's not as good as Google's live captions, but it's 
definitely better than nothing and it's a great feature that can continue to get better and it's still in beta so obviously they're still working on it. Siri can now announce notifications for hearing devices. They've added Siri pause time so you can adjust the amount of time Siri waits to respond. Siri support for switching auto answer for calls on or off. Starting point detection for voiceover users in Maps. Voiceover users now get automatic sound and haptic feedback that identifies the starting point for walking directions in Maps. They've added voice control spelling mode so you can dictate names or addresses letter by letter. They've added activities to magnifier. You can save your preferred magnifier controls, including camera, brightness, contrast, filters, and more for recurring tasks and situations. Additional customization options for sound recognition. I haven't tested this either, but you can teach sound recognition how to recognize different sounds in your environment. And I think this is really awesome and worth mentioning. They've made some changes to camera. Portrait mode now allows you to blur objects in the foreground for a more realistic looking depth of field effect. Improved quality when recording in cinematic mode. They've made some changes to FaceTime. You now have handoff in FaceTime, so you can easily hand off your call between different devices. I think this is really useful and something that we should have gotten a long time ago, honestly. SharePlay app discovery in FaceTime, so you can see different apps that work with SharePlay. Changes they've made to iCloud Plus. You now have access to hide my email in apps. I love this feature, I use it all the time, and I'm glad that it is now available in apps. For the keyboard, they've added keyboard haptics. I have a video on TikTok showing how to enable keyboard haptics, and I think this is really awesome. Such a great feature, I love it. It really helps me, especially since I don't always have voiceover on. I can feel what I'm typing as I'm typing. So you have your keyboard clicks that you can hear, you have your haptics, which you can feel, and I also have the zoomed letters. So when I'm typing, I see the zoomed letters pop up and I know I'm typing the letters I want to type. It's just really nice to have all those different features that confirm you're typing what you want to type. So for notes, you can now create quick notes in any app through the share menu. You can lock your notes with your iPhone passcode. This is great because I have known people who have forgotten their notes passcode and then they couldn't get into their notes. You can now collaborate on notes with a link. You can send it to anyone and as long as they have a link, they can collaborate with you. For photos, there is a new feature that is coming called Shared Photo Library that isn't out yet, so I'm not going to talk about it. They've added duplicate detection to photos. This is great. I have a lot of duplicates, I'm sure. You can now copy and paste edits to multiple photos. For settings, they've added an AirPods settings option right at the top of settings when you open it and you have your AirPods connected. This is really useful. I love that they did this. You can now see and edit all your known Wi-Fi networks in settings. For Spotlight, they have now added a search button to the bottom of your home screen. I am not a fan of this. You can just swipe down to get to Spotlight. So I turned this off on my phone. I guess this is great for people who didn't realize they could just swipe down to get to Spotlight. It makes it more discoverable, but for me, it's just annoying. <laughs> 
no thank you i want my pages to be the way they've always been they've added visual lookup you can lift a subject from an image or remove the background this works in photos screenshots quick look safari and more for weather they've added severe weather notifications i think this is great i am working on reducing the number of weather apps i have on my phone so the fact that ios can now provide this functionality is really great and that's it I have now gone through all the different sections on this page for iOS 16 features. I will include the link in the show notes if you would like to see everything, including the features I did not mention. Overall, my opinion of iOS 16 is that it is pretty good. I am, for the most part, enjoying it. There are definitely some bugs which frustrate me. Currently, I'm dealing with an issue where every morning when I take my phone off the charger, my brightness is turned all the way down to zero. So that's very frustrating. I have to then fix it and I have to do this every single morning. I've also had an issue where my phone seems to restart or something in the middle of the night because I have shortcuts automations and I get a notification that tells me how many automations are enabled on my iPhone. This type of notification usually only shows up when you restart your phone. Another annoying bug that I am dealing with is my Siri voices for voiceover and spoken content. They either don't show up or don't work. So in the spoken content section, I am able to see them, but when I go to voiceover, they are just not there at all. And when I try to use them with spoken content, it speaks using Samantha. When I try to use them for automations, it speaks with Samantha. I was able to use those before I switched to the iPhone 14 Pro Max, so I think that has something to do with it. After a few days, those voices did appear and then everything worked fine until I restarted my phone and then it broke again. So I don't know, but it's very frustrating. And I know there are other bugs that people are dealing with. This has been a very buggy release, unfortunately. Things are improving. I know iOS 16.1 is in beta now. So hopefully we will get some improvements and get some of those bugs fixed soon. Overall, as far as the features, for the most part, I really enjoy iOS 16. My favorite feature is definitely the new lock screen and the fact that the lock screens are linked to focuses. I think this is very useful and makes me very happy. My least favorite is, I'm sure you can guess, I've already mentioned it multiple times. They moved the audio message button into the app drawer. This is my least favorite feature and gave us two dictation buttons. We do not need two dictation buttons. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> maybe I'll get over it one day. Maybe I won't. We'll see. What do you think of iOS 16? 
definitely reach out and let me know. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on social media at Covetech, K-O-V-E-T-E-C-H. I will also put our link tree in the show notes as well. If you want to follow me and talk to me directly on Twitter, you can do so. I am at Yesian, Y-E-S-S-I-E-A-N-N-E. As always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Cove Accessible Tech. I'll see you next time. Bye.